There was a, a young boy named uh, Samuel, and his mom dedicated him uh, to, to, to God. And there was a priest, an older priest. His name was Eli, right? Anybody, anybody remember that? Okay, it's in, it's in uh, you can look it up. Don't do it right now because I know you will. But since I'm going to say, you're, just go ahead. First Samuel chapter 2. Uh, Eli had two sons, and they were they were not good. They were wicked. And so my point is this, is getting the fire of God back in our lives. And so fire is good, right? And sometimes it's bad, okay? Uh, and so God puts fire in all of our souls. And so sometimes in life, the busyness of life, the things of life, the worries, the cares, the stress of life, it begins to push out that fire. It begins to try to douse that fire. And, and of course, there's an enemy of our souls. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But what happens to a person when they, li- they lose their purpose in life? What happens to a person when they lose their motivation in life? You know, some of you, you feel like, I'm in a dead-end job. Maybe I'm at this dead-end church. I pray that we're not that dead-end church for you. Um, but sometimes you feel like, I'm just at a dead-end place in my life. And so sometimes it might just be a few changes in your life, some different things. But maybe it's because, and I like what Kent said this morning, that the young, the young generation, they're looking for a cause, a purpose. And I think we have forgotten that God puts a fire purpose in every one of us. Whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, IT, teacher, whatever, a chef, cook, a, uh, you know, whatever you do, God has put a fire into you. And God wants to use that and put a new fire in our lives. The problem in, in America, of course, is you see the church is beginning to wane. We're beginning to allow strange fires to come in and kind of tell us who, what, where, and why. When God says, I'm, I'm a holy God, I'm a consuming fire, and I can put fresh fire in your life any second that you want it. And so if you've ever been around, has it, have you ever, anyone been camping before? Six of you. So uh, there's this thing called camping. And you go without, like, internet, you go without like buildings and air conditioners. You, you take these tents, or sometimes you sleep out in the open. I've done that a few times. I mean, I, it's been a long time since I've done that. Uh, and you go out and you build this campfire. How many you know what s'mores are? I mean, now you're spoiled because they have s'more packs, and and then they have a s'more machine, and then you go out to this little little bonfire to have, you know, you could do over the gas. You know, that's that's like sissy stuff. You gotta go out and like go out in the woods where there's no one there and you can't even get cell phone reception. Like what's a cell phone, you know, internet, you can't, well, you still can't somehow. Anyway, so you build this nice big fire and you, you do the s'mores old school, you know. We used to do it hangers. We didn't, didn't have the fancy. Or you take a stick from a tree and you trim it off with a knife. I know some of you are like, a knife, oh my goodness, violence. Okay, calm down. It's, it's not that bad, alright? And so, um, you, you know, and you put the, you put the, the marshmallow on there, you know, and the graham crackers and the yummy Hershey's bar ride. And you, wow. And then, so then you're talking and then it gets tired. You you go to sleep and then the fire just kind of dies out. And what happens, what happens if you let the fire die out? Well, if it's cold, you're cold, right? Uh, and if not, so, so what happens at the, at the, you know, you see the little red embers at the bottom. And so if you didn't know this, you know, like sometimes in the morning, so if you didn't douse the fire with water, that next morning you could probably put some fresh kindling on there uh, and then you can like take something and you can begin to fan that little ember and a f- new flame can come up. You're like, wow, kids, don't try that at home. Okay, out in the forest where it's supervised, right? And it's a, uh, anyway, there's a whole new, there's all, there's all these rules that you have to do. Anyway, all right, so what happens is in our life, if we don't allow God to put fresh fire, the world tries to douse that fire, right? 
the cares of the world, the, the enemy of our souls. And so what I want to challenge you as believers, sometimes church, I know that, sometimes it just gets boring at times. I understand that. Sometimes you come in here and pastor stands message, you're like, blah, 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 blah. You know, like the Lucy, wah, 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 wah. Somebody's like, what? Yeah, okay, you'll get that later. I know I'm showing age. And so sometimes you go from church, I didn't get anything out of worship. The message was, I don't even know what you're talking about. And sometimes I wonder the same thing. What was I talking about? I pray not. But what I want to do is, God is a God of power. He's a God of fire. He's not a God in a book. He's not a theology to be learned. I mean, He has theology. We can learn about it. But He is a God of relationship, as Ken said. He wants relationship with us. Come on, amen? So what happens is, sometimes our spiritual fire loses out, or it gets doused. And I want to talk this morning about getting the fire back. Let me go back to Eli, because Eli, you see, Eli was supposed to be a priest of God, and so now Samuel's coming, and you can look this up, write it down later, First Samuel 3, uh, and Samuel, uh, he keeps hearing voices at night. And it's amazing, you know, it's amazing that God, that young people, kids, still hear voices in their dreams. And do you know why? It's because either two things, God is speaking to them, or the devil's trying to deceive them. He hasn't stopped. He still does that. And, and so God is trying to speak to us. And so Samuel doesn't know. He's young. He's a boy. He doesn't understand what's going on. And he goes to Eli, have you called me? He's like, that, that's not me. And so Eli is allowed his fire to go. He doesn't even know it's God anymore. Here he is. He's just going through the everyday, you know, doing the things that they do and the sacrifices and, you know, praying for people. And just it just becomes so that and his sons are now wicked. The Bible says, in fact, this is scary. The Bible says that God killed the sons because they were so wicked. They were supposed to be priests and they're they're taking advantage of the people. So finally, after the third time, Samuel comes to him and says, hey, hey, did you say something? No. And then Eli finally goes, oh, yeah, God, I forgot about him. You know, my fire's dead. So he's like, oh, maybe God is speaking to you. So go and say, well, next time you hear the voice, what, Lord? Okay, so what happens? That happens in our lives, right? I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here this morning to tell you that you can get the fresh fire of God back. Now, let's fast forward in the New Testament. There was this awesome uh, 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 prophet. His name was John the Baptist. And unfortunately, John the Baptist was persecuted for speaking the truth. And this still happens today in the world, even in this nation at times. And so what happened was now he's in prison and sadly he's about to have his, you know, head cut off. And so now in his doubt, now I'm not being mean because I, 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 if someone persecuted me, I would probably, I don't know, I wouldn't be able to handle what John the Baptist did. And now the fire of God because of persecution begins to go out in John's life. I'm just, I'm speculating here a little bit. And he, and he sends his disciples to Jesus and says, are you the one or is there another one coming? You see, sometimes the persecution in the world can try to blow out your fire. And I believe the enemy is trying to blow out John's fire because John was a... I mean, this guy was out there preaching and, you know, sometimes I get excited I stand up on the pews and, I mean, this guy was yelling and telling people that, you know, that they're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit fire when Jesus comes and all that kind of stuff. And now the persecution begins to blow his fire out. It happens. Okay? Just say it happens. But here I'm to say that you can put a new fire in through God. Or you can get a new fire. You can rekindle. And so I want to talk about this just for a few minutes, okay? <gasps> Let me breathe real quick. And so some of you are like, oh, Pastor, you're going to blow through as I am. I'm going to kind of go through some stuff for a few minutes. And then I'm going to slow down at because the, there's a couple things I want to talk about. So 1 Timothy 1, 6-7 uh, says, For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God did not give us, listen... 
God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So God says, Paul is saying to to Timothy, young disciple, you need to fan into the flame. Every once in a while, your flame just goes out or it it gets low. And he's saying, fan it into flame. Go go full God. Amen? And then I'm going to just kind of quickly read through this. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 says, Do you not know that in the race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? And check this out. Paul says this, Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I myself may not be disqualified for the prize. The last one, I'm not going to read it right now because we'll get back to it, is John 15. Jesus says... Um, Real quick, and he talks about this, and he says that that he is the vine, we are the branches, and we're connected to him, and he prunes us, and then he cuts away dead wood and burns it. And then he says, of course, if we abide in him, we will bear much fruit, and it is desire for us to bear much fruit. Amen? All right, so here we go. So you see, God wants his church on fire. He wants this church on fire. He wants every church, whatever denomination they call, even if they begin to walk away from God or they, they've intellectualized Him out, He still wants His fire in those churches. And it grieves His heart when the believers allow the world to blow out the fire or when we, we just give up. And I know it's tiring. I know faith is boring sometimes, but life just is life sometimes. But you have the power of God in you all the time. And some of you just need to do this with that fire. You need to fan it up. Did you hear that? You just need to fan it up. Okay, so I'm going to move on. So let me give you a couple things about fire. First is God's use of fire. The first thing is this, and I know I have to tell you this because I want to be full, full disclaimer. We believe in the truth. We believe in the full gospel, the full Bible. Amen. Okay, got it? So whenever I preach, I pray that I bring something from the Holy Spirit to you. And so I'm not trying to scare you, but God does use fire to judge. Okay, He does. And so um, look this up, because I'm, I'm, I'm short on time. It's uh, Second Peter. Actually, I'm going to read this one to you because i got to build it. Second Peter 3.11 says, since, since everything will be destroyed in this way, fire, uh, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of the of God and its speed is coming. That day will bring about, check this out, the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements, that's the earth, will be will melt in a heat. But in keeping with this promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of the righteous. And so in other words, this world we live on is not going to last forever. Okay? I was going to step into something, but I better get back here. So... We need to realize this world is not our home, okay? And so God does judge the earth. He does judge. In fact, uh, Revelation 20, 20 just tells you this. says, Therefore, anyone's name is not written in the book of life. He was thrown into the lake of fire. There is a lake of fire. There is a burning hell that God did not design for us. He designed it for the devil. However, if your name is not written in the land's book of life, at the end of time or whenever your life ends eventually you'll be cast or someone will be cast in the lake of fire. God does not want anyone to go there. He wants us to know Christ. Now, unfortunately, though, because we, we might rebel against Him or we, we put our nose up in Him, whatever, if we do that, the, there's still a judgment. I know that we live in a world that says, well, you can do what you want and God still loves you. I'm sorry to say God still loves you, but you can't do what you want all the time. 
Come on, amen? You can't snub your nose at the gospel and turn away from him and try to live your own life. It just doesn't work. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father except to me. And he said, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Amen? Okay, full disclosure. Now, the second part is purifying. God purifies us. He, he wants to either cut out stuff and, or he wants to, to get rid of, uh, stuff that's not good for you. Okay, so now, do you remember, I've mentioned this before, but, uh, there's this cool little forest or mountain area over in Wyoming and, uh, it's called, it's a little place called, uh, what's the name of the place? Yosemite? I think something like that. Anyway, uh, and so there's, the, so if you remember like, there were these uh, fires, maybe the 80s and 90s, these fires came through there, and the, the Forest Service let them burn through because they said, you know what, there's so much uh, undergrowth, there's so much garbage here, because we as humans have tried to take care of this, we, we've messed it up by stopping all the fires, we need to let the fires raise. Some of you don't even like, what? You look it up, Google it, not right now, because your phone has a virus if you look on Google right now, okay? Just kidding. Uh, and so you can Google it and say, you know, the, the four, 80s or 90s, show my age, and they allowed the fires to burn through because there was so much undergrowth because we kept trying to stop the fire and God intended the fire to, to renew the forest and bring new health to it. And so sometimes God brings fire to purify us, to test us, to strengthen us. And the scriptures are this. Let me read to you this one. Um, Proverbs 17.3, The crucible for silver, the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the heart. Isaiah 48.10, See, I've refined you, though not as silver, I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. So sometimes we have to go through hard times. Sometimes they're on us. But so God uses fire to give us strength to make us better. Isn't that exciting? No, it's not all the time, but it's part of it, okay? The next thing is this, of course, of course, is clearing out dead wood, okay? This is, again, where John fifteen six says, If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away, withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown in the fire, and burned. The word is very clear. If you separate yourself from Christ, when the end comes, or if God decides to burn things out, He is sovereign. He can do that. I wish I had more time to talk about that. Okay, And so God will cleanse His church at times. He does that. Unfortunately, we think that... Uh, I, I, I just had time. We think that uh, just saying a prayer, coming to church, gets us to heaven. It's a relationship with God. It's a start. The prayer's a start. Coming to church is a start. But it's the relationship with God. Again, He wants that fire. He wants you on fire. He wants to know you. He wants you to know Him. That's what God's more concerned about. He doesn't want religion. Religion stinks. Religion kills people. Religion burns people out. Religion lies. God wants relationship. Amen? And so He sends fire sometimes to judge us, to purify us, to clean out dead wood. Okay? Now, here's, let's go. Cause I gotta move on. Okay, you're taking notes. I know last week I zipped through some stuff and you note takers like, what? And by the way, if I, if I didn't get all the notes for you, just email me on the back of the bulletin and I'll send you last week's slides. Okay? And it, or today's as well. Okay? You good? The third, the second thing is fire quenchers. There are a few things in life that try to quench the fire of God. So the first is your flesh. Your flesh. Your human body, your your human mentality wants to quench the spirit of God. Okay, um, you've heard there's, there's there's a Native American tale that they tell young young people about. Uh, I think they still use it. Is that in your life there's a good dog and a bad dog? Okay, and there's the spirit of God speaking to you, or there's the 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 devil. Okay, or the flesh. And so um, they always tell them, well, which one which one wins? And they always say the one that you feed. So if you feed your flesh, you feed, you feed your sin nature, it will control your life. If you feed your God nature, He will not just control your life, but He'll make your life better. Amen? Last week we talked about this. We talked about the um, 
the fruit of the Spirit, you know, in there. And we, so I'm not going to go into detail about that today. So you have to decide today, who, am I a spiritual being or am I just a fleshly being? And God's Spirit is in you, so I'm hoping you're fanning the flame of God so that the Spirit of God will help you out. Because you remember, we talked about it. It says, the works of the flesh are these. I'm not going to read it. We probably have the slide. We probably, go ahead and hit the slide. Do I have the, the Scripture? Write this down again. Do I have it? Um, do I have it? Maybe not. Galatians 6. Do I have it? 5. I'm sorry. Write that down. Okay, so these things here, those are the work of the flesh. We talked about it last week. Go ahead and just leave it there for a second. Get last week's sermon. You can go to the podcast. You can find iTunes on there and you can listen to that message. I think it was a great message. Um, those things will, will try to kill your spirit. They'll try to keep God out of your life. And the world says, feed those things. It's good. And, and you've got to say, no, these things are not good when they're out of control. Amen? And so it is your choice today who controls you, your flesh or the Spirit of God. And I want the Spirit of God to flow. Amen? The next person that tries to quench your file, and we should hate it, is the devil, Satan. Okay, letter B. First Peter says this. It says, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers and sisters throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. If you've not figured this out yet, there is a spiritual being. His name is Satan, and he hates your guts. He wants you dead. He wants your life terrible. He doesn't want you to have a relationship with God. He wants your spiritual fire to go out. In fact, if your spiritual fire is not going, he's happy, and he's going to move on to the next person who he can put out. And so who does he target the most? Those who are spiritually hot or those who have a new hunger for God? Say, I, you know what? I want, I want to get God in my life. I want to become like him. I want to be... And, and so he will come after you in all ways. And so there are so many ways that he comes at you, and I just... A couple things, though, obviously, if you want to take, I don't have it written down, but there's three things he'll come at you. One, of course, is, is temptations, distractions, and persecution. Okay, I mean, he'll come in anyways, but those are probably the biggest three are the temptations, the distractions, and persecution. If he can use those three against you to put out your fire. Remember now I talked about John the Baptist. He tried to persecute him to put out his fire. Now, of course, John was strong at the end. So be alert and know the master's voice. Amen? Because Jesus said that my sheep, they know my voice. Listen to his voice. Listen to his voice. He will lead you in a good way, okay? Now, the third one, the third group of people that want to put out your fire, sadly, are other people. Sadly, sometimes, sadly, and I know I know the church gets a bad rap, but the church is a great group of people all over the world. And there's a few people that are troublemakers, right? There are a few people that are jealous. There are a few people that, that are maybe out of step of God. They're out of step of the Spirit. And they don't know what they're doing. And so they see you getting all fired up. And they're like, I'm going to share, I'm going to share Jesus in my middle school, my high school. Oh no, you can't do that. It's illegal. No, you can't do that. And so that's, they're what I call the wet blanket saints. Right? They're, you know, oh, we're going to go on this mission trip. Oh, you can't afford that. Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna reach our community. Oh, we already tried that, brother. Well, pastor, you say that sometimes. Well, maybe not. What I try to do is, and I'm just, this is a little caveat, okay, because I have to do this. My job is to help you find your ministry and help you get into the ministry. The problem in America is many people, God speaks to you, and then you come to the pastor. Pastor, I have this great idea. This is what we're gonna do. And here, and here it is, pastor. I'm like, no, that's your ministry. No, back to you, pastor. No, no. That's your ministry. So whenever I say, I always say yes to you, but I say no to you dumping it on me. Because that's your call. That's your ministry. Amen? I'm not being wet blanket. Say, I'm just being, no, I'm trying to put it back on you because God put the fire in you. That's a little extra. That was free. God bless you. You're welcome. Okay? 
Uh, and so, but what happens is you have the, you have the wet blanket saints and they're like, no, you don't need to go to church as often. You don't need to pray. You don't, don't talk, worry about the Holy Spirit thing the pastor does. That, you don't need to, no, you need that. You want that. You want to be at worship as much as you can. I understand you work. I know that. But man, the more you're with God, the more you'll receive from God. The more you're with God, the more He can speak to you. The more you're with God, the stronger you're going to get. Amen? So now, now don't be mean to people that are wet blankets. Just stay away from them, okay? Just, I mean, if, if you see them coming and you're excited, go somewhere else. And they have that look on their face like, I'm going to put out your fire. And there, you know, sadly, there's a couple people that that's really what they do. They go through church so I'm going to put their fire out. Because they had bitterness, because something bad happened to them, or something, and so you need to pray for them. Say, God, put fire in them, Amen. But avoid them if if, if you know they're going to put your fire out. Okay. Now, are you ready? I'm going to slow down just a little bit. Here we go. I want to camp here for a few minutes. Number three is fire starters. Fire starters. Okay. You ready? Are you ready for God to reignite the fire in you? Because He wants to do it. He wants to do it. Always, God wants to put new fire into your soul. Hebrews 12, 29, For our God is a consuming fire. What does that mean, consuming fire? What does that mean? What comes to your mind? It's And it's not just sitting in a little place. We always think, well, God's like got this little fire, and we will put a lamp, and it's just like that little fire up there, Pastor. God is a consuming fire. His fire rages, and it's love. It's not, it's not destruction. It's a love fire that He wants to consume and, and burn out the enemy and put a fire in your soul. Amen? So He's always... God's fire never goes out. Say with me, God's fire never goes out. Okay, so his fire can't get put out. Yours and mine might be able to, but God's fire can never get put out. He is constantly trying to put fire in your life, many ways, different ways. Maybe uh, God has spoken to you through a worship of your pastor. Bible say, maybe in your own devotion time, in your prayer time, maybe you're tired of boring, dead Christianity, right? And this spark begins to burn. Like maybe you begin reading the word, and all of a sudden it comes alive. This is exciting. So that's God trying to blow into your into you and. Poof, Fame and the flame. And so you gotta allow him to do it. Come on, amen? Maybe you see something. Maybe, and man, we have this cool thing called, it's called the internet now. Besides all the garbage on there and the falses, there is good Bible teaching on there as well. There's some good sermons on there, by the way. And you can watch them and get fired up. And, and so you don't have to go through traffic cursing like, you know, and, and you don't have to listen to that death music on your earphones when you're on the metro. You can actually download servants of God messages. You could put worship in. Wow, check that out. You don't have to listen to the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and, and Prince and I'm, I know I'm kind of aging myself and all the other stuff that's in, in called music industry today. And there's some good stuff there and there's some stuff, other stuff, okay? And so the more you feed your spirit, the more chances God can blow fire into your life. And it's a good fire. Come on, amen? You see, if God's judgment fire was on us, you would know it. I would know it. Okay, and so we would not be enjoying that right now. God wants to put a good fire in us. Say good fire. All right, so so you got to be ready. You got to receive it, and He can speak to it. He can do it. Now the next step is this. 
is sometimes, yes, God uses servants, a preacher, a missionary, a pastor, a, a servant, a, a Sunday school teacher, a children's church, a youth pastor, a, a, a fire of God's servant. And they're trying to encourage you. They're praying for you. They're like, you know what? Why don't you come to Wednesday night Bible study? Why don't you come to our life groups? Soon coming again. Um, why don't you do this? Why, why don't you pray with us? Why don't you, why don't you come on? Or they're just praying for you and they just love you and they're, they're always encouraging you. That sometimes God sends that person and sometimes I know you get annoyed with it, but sometimes those people, they have your best interest as well. They want the fire of God in your life. They're on fire, so they want you on fire. Isn't that exciting? So hanging around a fired up believer, there's a good chance. So if you've ever been around a fireplace, an open hearth, you know, nowadays they put the, the glass on there or they put the, the net. And they all say, don't put the little rug in front of it, even though it looks comfortable. And of course, they have now the flame retardant. Because what happens is, if you've ever been on a fire, right, and it sparks and the hot things come out. So when you hang out with someone's on fire, it's just going to spark out and there's a good chance that, guess what? You will get on fire. So it's okay to be around people that are excited about Jesus and they're loving Jesus. Amen? Don't be afraid of those people. They're actually good people. Amen? Come on, amen? And then the third person who can start a fire is you. Say me. Because like, no, you, no, you. Yeah, you. You. Maybe your spirit is awakening and maybe you want more of God. Maybe you're starting to feed more on the Word of God. Maybe you're starting to get rid of the junk out of your life uh, and start saying, you know what, uh, I just want more of God. And I know I use the example all the time about how I just cut out soda in my life because, you know, soda's bad, right? Some of you like soda. And so I stopped drinking soda and I, and, and I started eating healthier again. We were cutting back. Stuff. And so I lost 40 pounds over so many years by just cutting out junk in my life. And I told you about this growing up. Oh, man, wonder. I don't, it's, like, it's not wonder bread. It's wonder chemicals. I don't know what it is. Um, and so um, thank God my mom and dad, of course, my dad grew up on a farm. So he, he would buy um, whole grain breads. And so in me was this desire for whole grain breads. And so, you know, out on my own, I'd buy white bread. I'm like, this is not the same. So I, my body hungered whole grain bread. You see what I'm saying? And so when you're raised on the good stuff or you eat the good stuff, your body begins to crave it over Twinkies, yes. right? Over wonder processed stuff or whatever, you know? And so you, whatever you feed, remember you feed, it will begin to have an appetite. So if you live on Twinkies all the time or, you know, whatever, um, you're, that's just going to want to control you. If you feed on the word of God, you're going to want more of the word of God. When you feed on the things of God, you're going to want more of the things of God. Amen? If you fill your life with the garbage of the world, guess what? You're going to want more garbage of the world, but yet you're not going to be fulfilled. The fire of God is going to fill you up. All right? Amen? So if you notice in those scriptures, and I didn't read all of them, I didn't read all of John 15, but did you, did you get the idea that the spiritual fire is your responsibility? Pastor Stan, I can do all that I can, and I do. I pray, and I yell in here. I mean, I'm screaming. Sometimes you think I, we get semi-Pentecostal. I mean, there's times when I'm by myself, and you think, wow, okay. Uh, and I'm not going crazy. I'm praying, I'm praying the power of God, I'm praying the Spirit. And I, I can do all that I want, but if you don't open your door to the Spirit of God, it doesn't matter how much I pray. See, God is sovereign. He does not violate your free will. He wants to put you on fire. He wants others to work in your life. But it's all really dependent upon you. Do you want the fire of God in your life today again? Will you allow God to work in your life? Will you allow Him to burn out the garbage? Will you allow Him to put fire in you? Because here, here's some fruits from the fire, right? Ready? There's always fruit from fire. Remember I told you about uh, uh, Yellowstone National Park? Yellowstone, right? My brain's blank. 
Wyoming. Okay, um, it's been so long since we've been out there. And so what happened is when the fire burned out, then new growth, new health came. Even though the animals had to scatter, and sadly some of them went somewhere else, okay, um, but then new life began. And now if you've ever been out there, it's, it's a cool place to be. But there is fruit from fire. Say fruit from fire. Okay, so not again, not all fire is bad. Some fire is good. But the first thing, obviously, is the fire of God does bring holy lives. Now, I'm not talking about old-time Pentecostal, old-time pilgrim, you know, the 50-pound the King James Bible. And if you have one, God bless you, because even though Paul and Jesus preached from that, it wasn't written in the King James English, okay, by the way. All right, so, and the black suits and the women wearing the long black skirts and no makeup, you know, and that whole, you know, looking like you're really happy. I love Jesus sinner sinners you know that that's not holiness that's religion that is legalism and so what holiness is it's not cursing it's not being like the world it is being the more you hang out with jesus the more you want to be like jesus do you see what i'm saying holiness is god i want to be holy like you because jesus said i'm holy you be holy Okay, holiness comes from relationship. It comes from being with Jesus. Too many Christians dismiss holiness as old-fashioned or old fuddy-duddy, but true holiness comes from being close to God. And His things begin to matter to you. You see, why are we losing a generation of young people? Because the school is pushing God out of them. I love Kent and, and Stacy's ministry. They're going back to the schools to bring the fire of God back into the schools. Okay? Because they need God. They want God. They do. They, young, the younger generation wants God. So part of it is holy living. Okay? Are you good? The second part, and if you've caught on to this in the last few weeks, I've been talking about the Holy Spirit because we are a Spirit-filled church. And every time we need to be reminded, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, we need to be refilled with the Holy Spirit, we need the power of God. The next part is the empowered lives, okay? The fire of God is a powerful thing given for us, okay? Matthew 3.11, I baptize you with water for repentance. Here's John the Baptist. But after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Acts 2, 2 through 4, we've read this. There was sound like a mighty rushing wind, violent wind from heaven and filled the whole place, house where they were sitting. And there was seen to be tongues of fire that separated and came on each of them. And each of them, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. Now, here's the last part. Acts 1.8 But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the ends of the earth. So God gives us fire for power's sake. You have more power than the whole world, more than the economy, more than any government and it's called the Holy Spirit's power in your life, okay? You have more power. So part of the fruit is the empowered lives, okay? The baptism of the Holy Spirit is to fire us up, to give us wisdom, to give us knowledge, to give us the gifts of the Spirit that work out of our lives. Those are for today. We, we just heard a testimony of people praying for Ampi and the black spots on her lung disappeared. Why? Because people prayed in power. People are still, I mean, the missionary that was here a few weeks ago, I'm sorry I missed him. I listened to his podcast, uh, the, the, coming from Africa, and I was going to Asia. I mean, he, he lays hands on people and God, people's healing people. That still happens. People are still raised from the dead. I know you don't believe that, but it does. It happens. People are still walking. Now, again, I'm not into old times screaming and, you know, that for the sake of hyperness. But if you grow a leg, then do that, please. If you've got, if like you're dead and we lay hands on you, boom, then start running. Please do that, okay? If you're cancer free, then be excited. Don't be to be hyper, hyper. You can go outside and run Monday morning at 6 a.m., right? Now, I'm not trying to be mean to you, but let the miraculous power work out of us. Not just hype. You can go to a football game or a hockey game. You can get hyped up. 
But let the power of God flow in you and watch God do work in your life. Amen? i got to move on. All right, because I'm running out. The next, of course, is a fruitful life. God expects fruit in our lives. John 15. He expects fruit. What is fruit? Well, godly living, godly lifestyle, people coming to Christ, people being discipled. Um, remember, it's a personal command from Paul. He says, fan of the flame, the gift of God. Who's responsible? Only a couple of you. Like, Pastor, no, I'm, I'm not responsible to fan of the flame, the gift that God has put. It is you. You will never stand before God and say, Pastor Stan didn't preach the good enough message for me. How many more sermons do you need? Well, Bible study. How many more Bible studies do you need? I mean, again, you can read your Bible. We have wonderful missionaries and they, they would speak to you as well, but you have to put action to your life. There has to be fruit. Come on, amen? God expects fruit. I'm not, again, full disclosure. God expects fruitful Christians, not fruity Christians. Fruitful Christians. We have too many fruity Christians. He wants fruitful because he's going to, you're going to stand before God. He's going to say, how many people did you leave to the Lord? Well, I was busy. Pastor Stan never preached that message. We didn't have this ministry. And he's, I didn't ask you that. How many people did you lead to the Lord? I was busy. That's not what I asked you. How many mischiefs are you going to? Well, I was busy. That's not what I asked you. I'm not saying you have to go to mystery, but you are responsible for your life. I know the world says, blame everyone else, the government, it's the pastor, my mom and dad. You are responsible for your life. You're responsible for the fire. And I want to challenge, I'm not trying to be mean, but let the fire of God flow out of your life. Come on, amen? Let the power of God happen in your life, amen? Are you ready for fire? The last two things, because I am really getting down to the end. The number one is in fruitful churches. God wants fruitful churches. Our, the intent of our church, and let me read this to you, because I read this to you, okay? Too many churches, we test the fruit of, of a church by its programs. Programs aren't bad, but we look at what kind of programs does it offer, and what, what do they do for our church? And people come to our church. Well, right now, you guys don't have a youth ministry, so I'm leaving. Help us to rebuild our youth ministry. Well, you don't have this ministry. You're not, I'm leaving. Those are consumer Christians. And God doesn't want consumer Christians. He wants consumed Christians that are on fire. God loves churches of all sizes and, and God bless all the churches but God does not look at a program as a fruitful church. Matthew 28 says go into all the world and make disciples who are making disciples. He's going to ask every pastor, every church board, every church member, he's going to say did you fulfill the great commandment and the great commission? Well no God, we had these great ministries, we did this, we did that. And he's like did you fulfill the great commission and the great commandment? Love me and you love others and did you go and reach the lost? It doesn't matter the church size. Well, we, we only have $10. We can't, it doesn't matter. You don't, God doesn't need money. He just needs you. Oh, that's good preaching. Amen. That is good. All he needs is you and he needs his church. So we've got to stop making excuses about what we don't have and say we have all that we have. It's called the fire of God. Come on. Fruitful church is what God wants. Amen. Amen. The last thing is perseverance. Strength for the long haul. Now, I didn't get a chance to talk. I, I, I told our mission, I went downstairs, and I've showed this to you before. But um, there's a cool show on, on TV, and I, I'm going to, well, not really, I don't watch TV per se. I have um, Sling TV, and I watch this show. It's called Forged in Fire. Anybody know it, seen it? Oh, you, you men, seriously, men. It's a man show. Well, women, you can watch it too, okay, because there's women on there. But it's forged in fire. I love it. I mean, I love seeing this. I love, I love sometimes working with my hands. You know, I like breaking things. I love it. Fixing things. And so, um, 
in between, when, when we were in between Church of Salt Lake City and coming here, uh, actually bef- going before we planned our Church of Salt Lake City, um, we were, I had to work a full-time job. I worked a full-time job. My wife did to pay bills to eat. And I was working in this company called Desert Glassworks. And Desert Glassworks, they make, um, they make, uh, chip boats and silicon boats for high-tech industry. So all of you computers, your cell phones, they build these devices that help these companies make chips. And I gotta be careful, cause this thing, if I remember, it's about, it's, I can't remember now, it's been so long since I've talked about it. It's either $3,000 or $6,000 for this piece of glass. This glass has been forged in the fire. And so it's a, it's a, it, it will break because it's glass, but it's stronger. It can, it can, it can endure intense heat. This thing was, they took it through this furnace about over a thousand degrees. And I, when I watch these guys, because they have like these asbestos masks and gloves, and when this thing is coming out of the forge, when it's coming out of the furnace fire, then they're taking this, this hot blue torch and they're, they're, there's a process called annealing. I'm careful. I don't want to drop this thing, man. Because you know what happened? This is some of you don't know, and some of you do know. This piece got broken because I was trying to help them. Uh, and so this guy was pulling it out of the cooling bath, and I said, let me grab it. And I grabbed it, and I'm moving. All of a sudden, it goes down to the ground. And, and so they tried to fix it, and it wasn't fixable, so they gave it to me when I left. Like, here, please leave. No, just kidding. They're like, we just want we want it to be. But I, I love this because this thing has been through intense fire. And it, it has a purpose. And see, persecution and perseverance, you have a purpose. And you're going to go through tense fire. And yes, you're fragile. You are fragile. But God puts you through fire, whether it's His holy fire, His cleansing fire, His empowering fire, persecution fire, you will be stronger for it. You see, too many Christians fear the fire. You don't need to fear the fire. Embrace the fire of God. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Worship team, would you come this morning? Um, I just want to open up the altars in a moment. I say, Pastor, I need the fire of God. I want you to come. You want to pray for needs? We, Pastor Melissa and I would love to pray for you. Uh, I want you just to let the fire, say, Pastor, my fire is going out. Come down here. Let us help you and you fan into flame that fire. You know what, Pastor Stan? It's been a while since I've had the Spirit of God on my life. Come down. We'll pray for it. Pastor Stan, I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Come down. We would love to pray for you to, to receive that. We just want God's fire in your life. Come on. Amen. Pastor Stan, I'm, I'm fine, but I want our church to be on fire. Please come down then in a moment. You know, Pastor Stan, I just, I need you to pray with me. I, I'll do that. We pray with you. We believe that. So Father, today, let your fire flow. It was here. It's been here all morning. And Lord, I know that that I pray that sometimes we don't think we need the fire, but we always need our fire refreshed, renewed, fanned up, or maybe new fuel put on it. And then if we're on fire, then Lord, we need to spread our fire to those around us today. So Lord, would you breathe on us? Lord, would you help us to not be afraid of holy fire because holy fire is good. So friends, come down. If you want to pray, you have a need, you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you want to be refilled, you want to rekindle the fire of God, please come down. You say, you know what, Pastor, I want you to pray with me that we see some breakthroughs. Please come down. Melissa and I, Pastor Melissa and I will pray. I might even employ the missionaries to pray with you if we get too many people. But as we begin to worship, please just come down. As you feel maybe there's a new hunger, there's a new desire, or you know what, I want to burn out the dross from my life. Please come down right now. Father, in Jesus' name, do your work. Holy Spirit, breathe into us. Put a new fire in every one of us, into this church, into every one of our lives. I don't care how long we've been saved. Put a new fire in us, God, that we will not become like Eli, but we will know the voice of God. We will follow the fire of God. So, Lord, do your work. Heal bodies, refresh, restore, renew. Rekindle the flame, God. Whatever you need to do, do it. So come on down to the front. I'm going to stop praying, and, and I want you to come down in Jesus' name. Come on down. We want to pray with you. May my life be a reflection 
of your power and your glory, breathing in the breath of heaven, needing ears to hear your heartbeat, and my heart, my thoughts, my mind, Lord, they are yours now and forever, come and do with me your will, and I'll be yours today and forever. Consuming fire, burn deep within, overtake my 